0: Good afternoon, 12 and uh, uh, apologies about uh, some of, some of the, the wrong snippets that made their way in there. I think um, it's just a testament of how much we love mothers, um, that we just had to slip it in there one more time. Um, right at the end of the service, we might, we'll, we'll try and correct some of the dates that, um, that, that we're speaking about there because they'll be a, a week off. Uh, I, uh, man, I, I so loved that worship. Yeah. That, was, that was so incredible. And I think something that we, we say from time to time, and it's good for us to say, it's good for me to remind you of this, that um, you never have to step outside of the presence of God. You never have to wait for a Sunday to step into the presence of God. There's benefit, and we felt it today, there's benefit in corporate worship. Um, but we can always step into, into the presence of God. I just want to highlight to you um, that I think last week we um, were finishing off the Nation Building Series, the Nkose Sigelele, um series, and we, we spoke a little bit about um, the South Africa that we're believing God for and how we can all be uh, part of the solution. One way... Um, that we are wanting to be part of the solution. Uh, Putti and her team run a program called Plugged In. Uh, and uh, what what this is, and, and, and we've, we've talked about it from time to time, is something uh, that is aimed at empowering uh, those of you that um, are entering into the workplace um, and wanting to gain skills uh, that uh, are going to set you apart and are going to put you ahead um, of, of your colleagues, and so it doesn't necessarily have to be, sorry, that you, you're just entering into the workplace if you are a young professional, um, or some of these skills are things that you're wanting um, to, uh, to, to, to equip yourself in. So they, they are going to be stationed at the back after the service, and they'll be able to give you a broad overview of some of the topics um, that they cover uh, but from the, they're going to be having the first session next week, Saturday. Um, so please go ahead and meet them uh, at the back, and they'll be able to give you a breakdown of what the session they'll be covering for this coming week, as well as for um, for next week. Put uh, is this the, is this the one around conflict? It's, it's Sunday. Sunday is the one is the meeting. The, the topic is the one around conflict. Dealing with fear and. Fear and failure, um, fear and failure within the workplace, that's what they're going to be focusing on this coming Sunday. So, please chat to her, uh, her and her team will be sitting at the, sitting at the back. I, I was reflecting uh, as Dion was, was talking about um, uh, his, uh, his, his, his Adidas sandals. Um, Dion, I wanted to ask you, bro, if you wore your Adidas sandals with white socks. <laughs> <because> <laughs> But look, I think that, that, um, uh, that testimony is particularly powerful because I think many of us can, I, can identify with it. And um, the, the, there are some of you sitting in this auditorium today who came on taxis uh, to, uh, to be part of this, of the this service, and you likely took more than one taxi. Uh, we know how Joburg works. And I spent many years um, taking taxis in and around Joburg and often taking four taxis to where I need to go. And so uh, that, that, that was something that was particularly impactful for me. But just to say um, that uh, we, we, we want to we wanna thank each and every person um, for the effort uh, that you have to make to come and to be part of the gathering of the saints. We recognize that for, it, it is a sacrifice to one extent or another. Um, I, I also want to thank uh, those, those people in the blue shirts who come here on a Sunday and they serve. Uh, can we give those, uh, our, our ushers and our hosting teams, just a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you for choosing to serve. Um, i i i was i was touched as i was walking around today um i'm, I'm trying to spot her but i 'm not i'm not seeing her i'm looking for mana uh, is she is she through that way okay um she'll come, come out at some point during during the service but uh, i spoke with mana some, some time back and she was moving uh back home to Botswana she 's from Botswana because of uh, uh her, her visa had um, had expired and so she needed to um, to relocate and was following what God is saying and I ran into her today. Hey, I thought you, you had moved and we would prayed for you and it was awesome. Um, she says, well, I have moved. I just came back to get some of my stuff. And so I was here for the weekend. So I thought I'll come and serve. Man, that touched me. I thought, man, we, we are getting it. As a 12 family, we're getting it. Um, we serve one another and that is how we build community. So just want to celebrate her in her absence. Today we are going to be embarking on a new uh, series, uh, which is our Holy Spirit series. We're going to take time out each week to uh, look at different aspects of, of the Holy Spirit. Today our specific focus is going to be on who is the Holy Spirit. As, as I was observing just some of the engagement and the faith in our, in our worship and just remembering the prayers that we've prayed for revival and for, for God to come into our midst and for us to experience His supernatural presence. I was just reminded that, you know, the thing with experiencing God's supernatural presence is that it's not meant for, to make us feel good in the moment. God's supernatural presence is not a show that we put on and then we leave and talk about how awesome it was. It's a moment of empowering. When God comes and he touches us, when we encounter the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not so that we can tick off a box and say, man, I remember the day I was in church and we had some amazing time and somebody prayed for me and I started rolling on the floor. Roll on the floor if you must, but then get up and do something. Fall over if the Holy Spirit is is, is convicting you and touching you. Get up and do something. Jump and run and shout and celebrate. Pray loudly in tongues and all of these amazing things. But then be changed. Stop sinning. Otherwise, the impact or the so-called impact that the holy spirit is having on us is a show it's an event that we go to and we know how to play and how to participate and when to jump and when to say amen and when to fall over when 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 the pastor pushes you in the right places i joke i spent i spent many years receiving prayer like this <laughs> <laughs> but if we if we are going to experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit my responsibility in that is to ensure that we don't run ahead of ourselves and that before we go into the the, the, the amazing things and the miraculous, and we're trusting God, by the way, over these, these, these coming weeks, that we're going to experience a massive downpouring of His anointing and His Spirit, and that we're going to see many healings, victories, breakthroughs. It's going to be wonderful, and we're praying into it, we're fasting, we're applying ourselves to this. So please join us and come expectant that this is something that we're going to experience and and, and and that you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit in a way that you have never encountered Him before. But what we're going to do today is a meet and greet. In uh, the book of Acts, I threatened you last week and you didn't believe me that I wasn't going to put these scriptures up there because I want you to bring your Bible to church. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 9. We'll read a little bit from, from verse 9, probably until uh, 20 or 21. It's the story of Simon the sorcerer. It says, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed when he was baptized, and he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus." Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power, also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So they, so when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem. Preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Amen. Here is why I'm framing this as a meet and greet. Because if we make the mistake of running ahead and seeking out the power and the signs and the proofs of the Spirit, it's going to get weird. We have seen it. In our nation, we have seen it. People who are going after the power of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has, not interested in who the Holy Spirit is. Simon the sorcerer, or the previously known as the the sorcerer, he, he became a believer. He believed in Jesus Christ, He lived within the community of believers, but when he was presented with this power, he saw an opportunity. And he thought, if I take out money and I purchase this, it will put me in better standing. If I have proofs and I show people and I do things, then I'll be able to draw a crowd. It is that very mentality that gets us into trouble. That very mentality that got Simon into trouble. And so before we go after the power, before we go after the signs, before we go after the miraculous, before we go after the gifts, shall we meet the Holy Spirit, the one who is the custodian of all of these things? Shall we take our eyes a little bit off of His hands and look Him in the eye? So I want to invite us to make some decisions today about who the Holy Spirit is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit is God. He was not created by God. He was not created at the beginning. He was before the beginning. He was involved in the process of creation. We know that the the word tells us that he hovered over the the waters and, and he moved over the earth while it was formless, while it was dark, and while it was void. And do you know what the result was? That Light came, shape came, identity came. Uh, 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 Creation started to follow according to the word of God because the Holy Spirit have it. He was intricately involved in the process of creation. And by the way, intricately involved in the process of your salvation. It's often described this way, that the Father kind of planned our salvation and Jesus mediates our salvation, but it is the Holy Spirit who executes it. Holy Spirit is God. Now, From a couple of standpoints, we need to make some decisions. So, from a worship standpoint, we're going to look at this. From a practical standpoint and from a standpoint of experience. So, from a worship standpoint, the Holy Spirit is either a divine person. He's either a divine being worthy of our adoration, worthy of our faith, worthy of our love, worthy to receive our entire surrender. Either that's who He is or he is simply an influence that flows from the presence of God and illuminates and something and a force that the the God imparts on us. We need to decide where we stand here because it has implications. Depending on who who or what he is, it defines our worship. So if He is a a divine person and we don't acknowledge Him as a divine person, then we are robbing a divine person of worship and of love and faith and gratitude and surrender that are due Him. But if He is a, 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 a mysterious kind of force and illumination, then... Maybe that's even easier, because then we, can, we just need to learn how to control that, how to increase it and, and subdue it and use it for our purposes. But one brings us to a place where we go on our knees in humility, when we recognize that the eternal Lord of Lords, when we recognize that the eternal Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can't, chose to come and to make His dwelling amongst men, not just amongst us, but within us? When that revelation dawns on us, it brings humility. And our response is not, how can I get more of this power? How can I get more of this Spirit? Our response is, How can I give myself more to the Holy Spirit? How can the Holy Spirit have more of me? The alternative leads us to self sufficiency. And self sufficiency with spiritual pride. So I figured out how to use the power. I made some purchases. I went to see an old woman somewhere. I went to a river. I chewed some roots, I did something, I bought some some charms, I did whatever. I, I did something and I got some power. And I've been practicing and I've figured out how to use it. Look at me. It leads to spiritual pride. And so practically, we have to make a decision. If he is a person and he is holy, and he is wise, and he is mighty, and he is tender, what does that mean for me and you? And how do we appropriate that? When, when Moses had led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, and they crossed the, 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 the sea, and they were on the other side, and, and he goes up to meet with God, On Mount Sinai, Scripture tells us that while he was gone, they made a golden calf to worship. And the reason they made a golden calf to worship was because they spent their entire lifetimes in a culture that made things to worship. That made things that they could control. And channel power through for their own particular use. So when they were encountered with the God of gods, they didn't know what to do with him. Because they hadn't made him. They didn't know how to channel his power. So what did they do? They did what they knew how to do. They made an object. Because if we can make this object, then we are in control. Then, we are, then, then our relationship with this God is a me and a it relationship. And so therefore I can usurp its power and I can appropriate and channel power for my particular use, for my particular purposes. It sounds gory when we put it in the context of the Old Testament, but I'm here to tell you that some of us are still practicing that today. We just call it different things. Sometimes we call it faith. Where our relationship with God is based on my convenience, my purposes, what I can get out of Him for what I need to do. That's no different to what these guys were doing. I want to challenge you to listen to your prayers in case you're thinking that you're innocent. Listen to your prayers and your prayers will tell you that you need to repent. Because your prayers will tell you that you're in the business of using God for your purposes. That you're not interested in what His purposes are that you're going to Him because you know there's something there that you can get for what you need to accomplish. I'm speaking to myself right now. I've spent the week repenting as I'm prepping this message. And I want to invite you into a place of repentance. Before we go to the place of power, before we go to the place of crying out for, for downpour, Of the power and the miracles and the signs and the wonders. Let's meet the custodian. And if we are going to meet him, if we're serious, we're gonna meet him, we're gonna lay our eyes on him, then let's fall on our feet on our on our faces. And let's repent and let's confess the fact that our relationship with him has been transactional. And that I'm actually the God and you're the idol. That I've made. And I come to you when I need stuff. And I channel the stuff through you. From an experiential standpoint, let's decide. Are we going to know Him as a person? Or are we going to know Him as an it? I've often cringed hearing people, Christians, well meaning Christians, referring to the Holy Spirit as an it. Like a fog or a mist or an impersonal mysterious force or light. The Holy Spirit is a person. A real person. As real as Jesus Christ is real. He's not goosebumps. He's not a chill. He's not an experience. Because if he is, by the way, then all I have to do is show up to church and wait for Belinda to put on a good show. And then I get, you know, they play a nice chord that I like or, or, the, or the, the, that one lady just hits that high note and I get like a yuck. I'm posting on Facebook, Your church was lit, Your it was nice. But, but if they don't hit my chords and they don't hit my note, ah, I think I need to start visiting other churches. Just, just need to see what's out there. Then you are an explorer. You are not in a relationship. he's just waiting for for worship night i know worship night is coming up i know they always put on the things they always put on a good show if i just rock up to worship night three songs in i'm already feeling you know warm it's gonna be nice and i walk out yo, experience the holy spirit what do you mean What are you talking about? You experienced, you were looking for a show. Sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit as a person, we get bogged down in this idea of, okay, so that he's a person, okay. So he's got legs and arms and eyes and looks kind of a little bit like me. No. You're a human being, that's why you look the way you do. Holy Spirit is not a human being. He's not a created being. He's a creator. We don't get to dictate to him what he looks like. Three aspects of a person. They have knowledge, emotions, and will. Anything that operates within these three parameters is a person. Knowledge, emotion, or feeling, and will. In the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says "But God has revealed them, revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches. He searches. It's applying personal attributes here. He searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. It's awesome that the Holy Spirit searches God. I spent a long time just like pondering on that. I don't have time for it right now, but 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 for what for searches for, for what the man knows, for what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the Spirit of God. He has knowledge. He has feeling and emotion. Now I beg you, brethren, through the, lo- through, the- through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. It's easy for us to talk about the love of God. We get it. We've been taught about the love of God. We sing songs about the love of God. We quote scriptures about the love of God. It's easy for us to conceptualize the love of Jesus. You know, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. For Jesus so loved the world that he was willing to die. But we don't often assign this to the Holy Spirit that for for, for the Holy Spirit so loved the world that he was willing to come and dwell here in you with all your messed upness and all your sin and all your brokenness, the Holy Spirit is still dwelling in you. I've often thought of the Holy Spirit as, and I, I had to repent of this some years back, but I'd often thought of the Holy Spirit as a as fragile being. A fragile being, like, like a bird that you could easily scare. You know, you'd flutter away, and so you had to like, stand really still, and, and otherwise you'd be like, you know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was bad teaching. or uh, Maybe I'm by myself. But I've come to realize that the Holy Spirit, he's not fragile, but he is sensitive. And he's sensitive to sin. And he is offended by sin. And he is repulsed by sin. It makes him sick, nauseous. He could kill you. But he chooses not to. He chooses to immerse himself into that sin so that he could bring you and bring Christ likeness out of you. For the Holy Spirit so loved the world. We also know that it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit, that he's not this impersonal force that is untouchable, that it is possible. For the things that we do and for the things that we say to grieve him, to affect him adversely. And so, if the Holy Spirit is God, do you relate to Him as God? I don't want us to get into a weird space, and I know sometimes you know someone asked me this some time back. So when I pray and I close off my prayer, should, who should I address it to? <laughs> you know? Should I address it to all of them just to be safe? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I feel like I feel like that just you know. Um, One of the primary signs that we need to go after when it comes to revival, we want the sick to be healed. We want the dead to be raised. We want massive outpouring. But the work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. If we do not have revelation of Jesus, we are not having a revival. It's doubtful whether we've met the Holy Spirit. It's doubtful whether He lives in you. I'm saying that so that we don't get bogged down into, but who's, who's the, you know, if I go around, you know, shortcut, and who's the, who's the main guy? Holy Spirit is not insecure. He makes it His business. Not to glorify himself, but to glorify Jesus. If Jesus is not glorified in our meetings, if Jesus is not glorified in our thoughts, if Jesus is not glorified in our language, if Jesus is not glorified in our actions, if Jesus is not glorified in our relationships, if Jesus is not glorified in our marriages, if Jesus is not glorified in our workplaces, we're not aligned with the Holy Spirit. And you need to repent. It's as simple as that. So, oh, and the third thing is will. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Notice that this is talking about spiritual gifts, by the way, that he he distributes to us, this gift of the spirit as as he wills. It's, It's as he wills. He gets a hold of you and he uses you. It's not the other way around. So, so my my mindset and my prayer and my and my disposition is Holy Spirit, get a hold of me, get inside of me, and use me for who for your purposes, not man. I saw, I saw this one guy praying and this guy got out of the wheelchair. Yo, If I just fast and I pray and then I'm going to pray and I'm going to start praying for people and people are going get, to start getting out of wheelchairs and I'm going to look so awesome. God cares about the people and so he will heal his people. You on the other hand, <laughs> better get right with him. Is this a tough word? I hope, it's good. I hope it's leading us to a place of, man, I need to fall on my face and repent. I need to recognize the holiness of this being that I've invited into my life. And if I haven't invited him into my life, I need to take steps to make sure that I'm in relationship with him. Because I cannot hope to bypass him if I'm to make an effect or an influence in my society. Let's stand together. It's good for us to repent. Repentance is a gift. Repentance is not a judgment. Repentance is not God's displeasure. Repentance is a gift that God gives you so that you can remain in relationship with Him. If you see repentance as a judgment, you will run away from repentance. You will think that it's shameful, and you will fall out of relationship with him. It's good that we have a right view of what repentance is. I'm saying that because I want you to repent right now. But the first people I want to repent are those who have not yet taken a decision to come into relationship with Jesus. We said that the, the spirit of God, he reveals Jesus. And for you, if I'm talking to you, then even throughout this, this sermon, you, your awareness was growing. Your, your, you, you could sense it in you, that your spirit is jumping, wanting, willing you to make an acknowledgement, willing you to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. And so I want to pray for people who either have never made a decision to surrender their lives to Jesus or have made a decision somewhere down the line, didn't quite mean it, didn't quite follow through, but today's the day. Today's the day I want to follow through. I want to pray for you. Please give me an indication that I'm praying for you by raising your hand. You want to make that decision today. Thank you. Keep that hand raised. Are there other hands who are here to make a decision? Here to repent. thank you Lord I tell you what I want to do because I want us to celebrate this moment can can I ask you to take if you've got your belongings with you to take your belongings and to come up here and to pray with me and if there's anybody else I want to invite you to come and pray can we just celebrate the Lord as my brother comes up thank you Jesus thank you Father thank you Lord Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're glorified in this moment. You're glorified in this moment. I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want you to pray with me, pray after me, and because we're a family, we're all going to pray together. It's a prayer of surrender to Jesus as, as, a, as your Lord and your Savior. So pray this say, Lord Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing me that I need Jesus, that I need to surrender my life. Today, I choose to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. I repent. Of every time that I have grieved your spirit. Today, I become a son in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus.